Hi, this is Danny Minogue. You're inside the Sound Museum hanging out with Leo. Hey, this is Leo and a big welcome back to the Sound Museum. This week we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the iconic Danny Minogue album, Neon Nights. Now, if you follow the show on your social media channels, which I hope you do, we've been celebrating Neon Nights all week by posting videos and photos. So I hope you've been enjoying those Neon Nights throwback moments. Now, for this bonus episode, we go back to June 2016 for my throwback interview with Danny Minogue. Danny came into the studio and we had a great chat about young talent time, her career, X Factor, all sorts of things. And at the time, Danny was preparing for her live shows with Culture Club. Now, firstly, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider. That way you won't miss any future episodes like this one. So join me as we go back to June 2016. Here's my interview with the fabulous Danny Minogue. My next guest, where do I start? She is a singer, songwriter, actress, TV and radio presenter, TV judge and mentor, fashion designer, and she's a mum. Since 1990, she's had more than 25 singles, five studio albums. She's the queen of the clubs, 14 number ones on the UK club dance chart. She's a gay icon. Welcome back home, Danny Minogue. Hello. Thank you for having me. Last time I saw you was at the Logies a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, yeah. um, which is always a fun night. Does it take a while to get Minogue-fied for the red carpet? <laughs> I think any of those big events when you're, you know, have people filming you and photographing you from 360, you know, for about the next six, seven hours, um, you need a couple of hours to get ready for it. Yeah. And I think that's emotionally as well, not just the lip gloss. Who would have thought that years ago when you were on Young Talent Time, it would ever be at the Logos on the red carpet? I mean, looking back now, going through that whole period, young, you're such a seven years old on this huge TV show. Um, but also it gave you, uh, I guess, confidence and you met some amazing people. What was that time like? as a young girl doing this massive show that and everyone knew who you were and I mean for a young girl at school how did you get through that well the funniest thing is most people who are listening will be thinking what the hell is young talent time like it was that long ago that it was I guess like the x-factor voice of the day but instead of staying on it for one series the kids who got chosen to be on it were for six years so it was an amazing training ground if you think of what people learn in 10 weeks on x factor live shows and you saw the transformation of dami im coming into the show and that's hardcore that's like boot camp like we really push them so much every week we didn't on young talent time have to be pushed you know that hard that fast people weren't expecting so much of us but it was a great training ground because I I think that they had a lot of time and patience for people who me like me who didn't really know what they were doing the outfits there was (laughs) on YouTube um, I mean most of us fortunately can hide away our daggy photos but people like yourself doll but if you (laughs) the daggy photos are all out there and continually recycled and um 
I guess I... Does that frustrate you a bit? No, I have, I think, more fun with them than yeah. anyone else. And um, a few years back when I went out to Channel 10, uh, somebody said to me, oh, you know the young talent time, a lot of the costumes are still there. Where was I? I said, please <laughs> take, take me, I want to have a look. And I said, oh, can I take a couple of pieces from the wardrobe? And they, they said, yeah, sure. Luckily I did because uh, not long after that, everything was destroyed and cleared out of there so I think the only pieces that are surviving the ones that I took that are in my wardrobe and they were fantastic days and I guarantee you about once a year my sister will bring it up in conversation about the kinds of sequins and and the this and the that it was like as a kid you that was the show that you looked up to even though everything was very lo-fi but I think that was part of its charm. And whoever doesn't know about Young Talent Time, just Google now (laughs) or go go on YouTube and you will find the clips and get ready to just (laughs) scream. (laughs) Because when you left Young Talent Time, your final performance, I'll never forget it, was, you know, you did, what was that song called? Uh, How Do We Keep the Music Playing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're going, good night, Australia. Your Aussie accent, it was so cute. But leaving that comfort zone of young talent type and going, I guess, alone to the big wide world, you know, you got Mm. a recording contract with with Mushroom Records and signing that contract and thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to be, I can film a video. I can travel the world. And It was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect anything to happen after the show because it didn't for most people who left the show they just left and m- maybe worked in the industry but behind the scenes and there were some ex-team members that were working with us when I was on it and so I kind of expected that's what I was going to do um, so to be offered this big shiny fun recording contract and they said you're going to go and um, record songs in New York was amazing and um, so as a 17-year-old, I'm uh, flown out to New York City. I'm living in Trump Tower on um, Central Park South on 59th. I uh, had my own two-bedroom apartment and I was going into the Bronx every day to where the producers were and recording these songs. And then we moved into a studio downtown on Green Street, Soho, which is a really famous studio and it's more rock and roll and they're like what is this little you know (laughs) Aussie girl doing here it was it was fun it was really fun that debut album um, of course your debut single um, Love and Kisses all of that one but um, the second single Success Success such a fun video I have to say and I've still got the 12 inch song we're home should we play it yeah absolutely (laughs) let's go get into it With me in studio is the gorgeous Danny Minogue. By the way, you look great when you're doing that success routine. Oh. You know all the dance moves. It's been a while, doll. I've put a half out, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that first album, uh, because you got success here in Australia, but also in the UK, and, you, and a lot of the songs were sort of remixed for the UK, which is really cool. You got to to record a few new tracks like Jump the Beat and um, Baby Love and which is one of my favourite videos you look great in that video thank you um, 
that whole period and traveling overseas and taking your, your music outside Australia, that must have been really gratifying because people didn't know you as Danny, they didn't get your young talent time. Yeah, I guess um, I learned a lot about music. Um, I guess we're in a bubble in Australia and what's um, really successful here is successful here. And, you know, apart from listening to you know, maybe some top 40 stuff coming from America. I didn't really know how different the sound was in the UK. I think the good thing was that I was young and totally adaptable. So when they said, hey, we've got to change this up, I was like, okay, I'll take your word for it because I, you know, I don't know this market here and I don't know what I'm doing. And they quickly um, linked me in with some remixes. Um, so from Steve Silkelly and onwards from there, it was just good to get that little bit of a, a club feel and um uh, we had danny d working on our stuff in the uk and it was really good and i guess it was very liberating to be out out of australia living you know not at my parents house and um you know experiencing the world and having no baggage the video for this is it shot in la yeah yeah um your ex in the video was julie mcmahon um but filming that video they look heaps of fun <laughs> just with the whole beach ball it was it was a lot of fun i mean these days they create beach scenes and studios and stuff but back in those days you you flew around the world to do video clips so from london so i'm i'm from australia thinking wow in london there's great places here and in london they're like let's go to america and i'm like cool i'll just keep jumping on planes and going around the world and uh yeah captured that sunshine and and that fun and it, it was a, it was a great song. I remember the record company MCA bringing that to me, saying, "We really think this would be a good uh, song for you to cover." I didn't know the original song at that time that they played it to me, so I was like, "I like it." I I don't know if it's my kind of song because it was such a departure from what I had been doing, which was the American-based stuff. Yeah, but um, it worked. It worked. My special guest in studio this morning is Danny Minogue. <laughs> and uh, let's play that song from the second album getting to you. This is This Is It. This is it. I remember when I first saw the video for um, All I Want to Do from the Girl album, mm-hmm. and I was just going, oh, my God. Did you want to be me? Blonde. <laughs> Flick the blonde hair. She's gorgeous. The girls are out. Fabulous. <laughs> the pink phone. The cat. It was <laughs> as Baywatch as I could get. <laughs> it was fabulous. And that song was, I mean, I was in New Zealand at the time, but we got um, MTV UK I got to see all those early videos uh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot in it. MTV, yeah, back then. doing some presenting and stuff. But yeah. that whole period was was like a different person because you've come through so much since, I guess, your second album and this album. You're working with um, Brian Rollins from Metro, mm-hmm. who years later, again in the name, you're sort of <laughs> way before your time. But, um, of course, had that beginner one was shared with Believe. Mm. But you were with him first on, yeah. on that whole album. And it's such a cool album. And a lot of fans love that album. It's one of, a bit of a fan favourite. Thank you. Yeah, I, I got to work with Brian and um, he was just starting out. So all I want to do was his first, you know, big single release. And um, 
I guess, set the tone for where he was going to go and define what he wanted to be. And, I mean, he's just gone on to be... Have, okay. have like, yeah. a, a mega factory of pop hits. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I've been on the forefront because I don't really like to always do what's around. I want to do something that's just coming from inside of me and, and I, it's a bit of vintage inspiration and then also something new and trusting working with the people that I'm working with and letting them have input as well. Exactly. Now the video for um, All I Want to Do, that was shot in London obviously. Yes. <laughs> tell us about the, the shoot, Danny. Just tell us what happened. Was it, was it a particular, you know, what you were going for? Was it, do you know what I mean? Like did you, um, okay, today I'm going to do me and the, and the cat and the phone and next day what's going to be... <laughs> Um, the the basis for the the video, which I think might have escaped you, <laughs> you just saw the hair and the cat and the phone. Uh, all I want to touch you. So it yes, was yeah, the start the of um, yeah, people communicating by email. Mm. So when I first left to go overseas, all you had were phones in hotel rooms with reverse charged calls. That's the only communication I had. Then there were faxes that came in that sometimes worked, sometimes didn't. Sometimes it took two minutes to even get to the point where you found like it wasn't going to work. Uh, and then it was computers and emails. And I, technology has always been my thing that I want to stay ahead of. So to explain to the record company, I really want to um, have a computer screen in this and touch my hand on the screen and it's sending the message through the screen. This was before touchscreen computers ever invented, talked about anything. Wow. So I wanted a flat screen computer, you know, pretty much like what we're looking at in the studio here. And the record company told me, no, we can't have that in, in the video. It has to be a square brick of a computer monitor <laughs> because nobody will understand what it is. And I said, I don't mind if they don't understand right now. It's what's coming. It's what's the future. And this is how people are going to communicate. And I would like to be one of the first videos to show that. And so... It was a push and pull, and I think I got halfway to where I wanted to be in the video. Oh. And, of course, you know, sex sells, get your tits out, roll around on the bed, and <laughs> <laughs> the rest is history. Now, obviously, you've had so many hits. Um, you won't forget about me. Um, perfection. Um, so under pressure. He's the greatest dancer. So many great tunes. And I guess we should know what's coming up next, music-wise, for you. Because um, there's been a few. There's been a few sort of um, dabblings over the last few years. I've done um, a Christmas song with Ronan Keating. Uh, you've done a Disney song for yeah. uh, We Love Disney um, 2014. Because um, we do. We love Disney. Yeah, <laughs> I love Disney. You've done Summer of Love last year for Mardi yes. Gras. And, of course, with Kylie, 100 Degrees last year. So yeah. when can we expect some... I actually forget about all these, you know, bits and bobs that I've done. We um, don't, darling. Um, <laughs> but um, when can we expect... And you're working on some stuff at the moment, but when can we expect some yeah. new music? Uh, well, I'm in the studio and um, have a lot of band practice coming up for um, the gig that I'm doing with Culture Club at mm -hmm. Rod Laver. Um, my musical director's coming up from London, so hopefully we'll have time to play around a bit more. Um, on these new tracks but there is there's one brand new song that I'm going to do at that gig 
that's Ooh. never been performed anywhere. I guess what's the direction of the new songs? How is it shaping up? Is it going to be... A sp- There's... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That you can I think my, my groove is pop dance. Yeah. That's my groove. And then it's nice to stray away from that sometimes and um, explore some other stuff. Whether everyone loves it or not is a different thing, but um, I recorded some ballads, which I haven't had the opportunity to do before. And um, there's some cool collab things that I'm you know, talking about at the moment. There's a lot. It all happens behind the scenes. And even, like, my bestest friends are like, what's going on? And they don't know. It's, I guess I want to feel like I'm really <clears throat> there. The time the time is right. Are you doing independent? You're doing it? Yes. Yeah, which is yeah. really cool because there's so much um, creativity and you can do your own thing and you get really involved with the production and the songwriting and you love doing that stuff, right? I do. And yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with the big, you know, commercial um, record companies as well there's pros and cons to to doing it either way I guess with the doing it on your own there's a lot of artists that are starting out that don't have any other choice and then if something you know takes off then they're in a great position because they've created the whole thing Um, for someone like me that's been around for a long time I kind of know the business because I've taken time to really get to know what is happening inside the offices of the record company, not just what's happening while I'm out doing promo or, or the sales. I, I like the business side of it. So um, you can't do everything and you can't be everything. So um, ha- having an idea but then, you know, really making it t- come to fruition is just like putting the right team together. And I've got friends that I've worked with over the years that are that are want to get on board and, and be in a nice tight team with me and um, we're going to do some stuff and just do it because we love it and enjoy it and see what happens which is pretty much like a fresh new artist and I like that freedom um, to just feel like hey this is what I'm doing if it takes off it takes off there's no pressure for me now Dan for the show I asked you to choose some favorite songs of yours and you chose Megan Trainor Yes. No. Yes. I do a car dance to this, okay? So when it comes on, I'm in the car. <laughs> and there's this little, like, little shake of my finger and they're like a little hand flick. So if you want to play it now, I can do the dance for you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> With the Megan Trainer track, you're in the car, you're doing this routine. What does Ethan say? <laughs> Mummy, you're going crazy. What's happening? Uh, he likes doing the <laughs> dance routine with me. He loves that song. That's like our kind of our little mum-son song at the moment because any mums listening will know this, the, you know, what you're constantly saying to kids is, no, no, don't touch that. No, don't do that. No, So (laughs) he just laughs his head off when he sings this to me. Friday morning show with Leo. That was Megan Trainer with No. Now, Danny will teach me the, the moves in the break. Then you're going to have and to pass it on, I'm teach it to, to everyone else. Get our photographer and she can film you doing it, which is going to be hysterical. Yes. Your mum in your life, you've done so much in your life, but that's your number one priority is being a mum. Mm-hmm. And when you had Ethan, around the same time, my breastfeed Michelle had her first son, Brody. And it was such a, I can't explain it, it was such a, a cool moment for her. She never dreamed about becoming a mum and she just loves it. Mm-hmm. And there was a funny story actually, I should, should tell you. Brody was really into Dora the Explorer. He, he wanted a Dora Explorer bag 
and Michelle's partner said, oh, no, he needs to get the other one. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Then there was a picture of Ethan with the Doring Explorer suitcase. I sent it through to Michelle and she goes, look, it's okay. Ethan's got a door bag. It's fine. <laughs> this is where the world is changing yeah. and evolving. And um, it's so exciting to be part of this movement where women are important, are heard, are in, in positions of power and controlling and you know, as a kid, you don't want to grow up and just see TV shows where it's Ben 10 and the guys are ruling the place and they're all superheroes and they're dudes walking around. There's got to be some girls that are cool and smart and intelligent. And Dora is smart and really intelligent. Like she speaks every language on the planet, by the way. You she's, can buy her DVD in every language. <laughs> she's so cool. And uh, it's great for and very important for young boys to see girls and women like this. And all kids love that show and so it's you know just evening out the you know gender equality and and i think dora is leading the way and as a mom i'm i'm so proud to uh to see her do that and follow it and support her and buy dora products i'm like yes (laughs) in fact that that bag um would belong to friends of mine uh, two girls who were growing up and uh, they'd grown out of it and Ethan loved it. He wanted it. So he asked them, you know, can I have this bag? And they kindly gave it to him. Aww. So it was just really beautiful to see this, you know, being passed on. And um, I'm so happy you told me the story. Yeah, that yeah she she was really sort of like, look, doll, when I was a kid, I was playing with dolls and I'm fine. <laughs> like, you know, so, but for kids, you know, and I guess Ethan's turning six next month yeah. is that yeah. correct yeah. yeah so I mean he's at that stage where he's got his, his own little personality is developing and it must be such a cool moment for you as a mum to to see that and to spend oh my god he's going to be he's so tall yeah um you know because there's a picture of you online somewhere and you're trying to carry this I've been trying to carry him since he was two years old. I know. I actually can't. Take him after his dad, obviously. In the, yes, in the there's not the Minogue gene. <laughs> Does he sort of have um, the the musical inklings, or is it more of a sporty so far? Do you think he loves a bit of both? Like okay. his dad teaches him golf, and he's got a mean golf swing. Uh, he's just started at Auskick because all the cool kids at school do it, and and he loves hanging out with them and playing. But he loves music. Uh, loves loves the radio. He really likes um, a pop and R and B. That okay. that that's his thing. And you know, kind of pop rap. And um, you know, I obviously have to make sure I've got the censored versions of everything. Yes, yes that's quite Spots tricky. Yes, and um, he loves comedy. Um, he used to come to X Factor a lot because uh, when we we're filming up in Sydney, we'd have to relocate up there. So. Uh, he hadn't started school yet, so he could come to the studio and hang out. And uh, we have this guy, Dave Eastgate, who does our studio warm-up, and he's just a master of controlling an audience of people and the funniest guy around. And um, Ethan looks up to him so much. And mm. I think out of anything, he probably wants to be a comedian. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Ethan Minogue-Smith? That's Ethan yeah. Edward Minogue-Smith. There you yes. go. Comedian. Yes. Hit here first. <laughs> Next week is a big show supporting Culture Club. Now, yes. if you meet Boy George, okay, I've 
been a fan of his for so long. Since and when? Since since I was a kid. My mum made me. This is back in the eighties. Made me a pillow slip, and she got these these craft pens you can write on fabric, and she and she she traced. Boy George on the pillowcase. Oh my god, and that's I adorable! I can't find it, but I used to, <gasps> I used to go to bed every night lying on Boy George. Oh <laughs> my goodness, go, Mum! I'm oh, so proud she did mom. that. Because you know what, I was just googling stuff, getting excited about you know the show and the band coming out, and it was amazing because in in the eighties, as a kid. I loved the music and I loved the band and I loved what they wore and I didn't see what else was going on. But, yeah. you know, when you read articles now and, and George says, you know, we were the first multiracial pop band, you go, oh, wow, that's groundbreaking. And he was like, and I was, you know, openly gay and I wore high heels and makeup and it, just like it was normal and everybody accepted him. And I think it's the thing I was saying before, you put barriers up in your head and then other people will put them up as well. They'll they'll mirror and mimic what you do. And he didn't have any barriers up. Yeah. Like he, he was, he and the band were such trailblazers. And and I was kind of bliss blissfully unaware of I guess all of everything that they had to go through back then. I just loved them. There was kind of like this sparkle and shine that emanated from them that I was drawn to. Must be excited to do the, the show with them, supporting them on, I am. in Melbourne, your God hometown. knows what's going to happen backstage. Look, he says that he's a good boy now and he's under control. He doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs, but he likes baking bread. So they'll, they'll who knows what's going to happen backstage. Fantastic. <laughs> going to be carb loading. Favourite culture club song? Um, Come a Chameleon, I yeah. guess, is the biggest hit yeah. and it... it never fails to make me smile and, and make me feel so happy. It may not happen, but would you like to do a song with them on stage next Friday night? I don't think it will happen because they're already on tour when they get here. I'm sound checking, then they'll sound check, and then we're literally on stage. So okay. don't get too excited. I don't think it will happen, but it might happen backstage. What you should do is just 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 um, storm the stage. Just say, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> now... To prepare yourself for that huge performance on the Friday, there's all this preparation. You're working with a, a live band. You're making sure things are right in the studio. Yeah, um, I've done the live band thing before, yeah. but I haven't worked with this band. So mm. all the the band work that I did where we're recreating dance music stuff, which is quite tricky, um, you've got to m- get the perfect blend of track and band together to make the room jump. I did all of that over in Europe, and so now we're putting the band together in Australia, Aussie style. So there's, yeah, a lot of rehearsing to do. So some nerves the night before. Yeah, there'll be a lot of nerves. It's yeah. Rod Laver. It's like it's huge. Yeah, it's the next huge step up night. is a stadium. So. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Dan, I have to say a big shout out to the Danny Minogue chat group on Facebook. You may know a few of them from the um, Melbourne crew from a yes. few years ago. Nicole, Ryan, Trent, yes. Troy. They're all on there. And um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. First of all. And it's, it's been such a great for finding you in studio. Now, um, let's play. We just go out with um, I Begin to Wonder. Yes. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
number two in the UK. Who was number one? Who kept you for number one? Okay, I was ahead in the sales all week <sighs> until the last day, and it got overtaken by Christine Aguilera's song "Beautiful." Nothing could stop that song, so I did pretty well. <laughs> but in hindsight, that's an amazing song, and yes. to be you know such a moving song for. Yes, yeah. I wasn't unhappy about yeah. it. Of course, I would have loved a number one, and maybe that's still in the site somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Christina did, you know, I think the world a, a favour by putting that song out. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. And come and see us again. You're always welcome. Thank um, you. Come anytime you like. Spend some tracks and you know, have a chat. You know, it's all good. Whoever's across the road, get out on the roof because we can see you right now. We yes. want to have some fun. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, there were some traders here the other week, Dan. Oh. Yeah, and a lot of them because they I can, they were shouting. I, I, Guys, I must on trying to do this. Like, <laughs> They're trying anyway. to distract you. <laughs> We also had a chat about Dami M and her X Factor journey. Now that part of the conversation was saved for another episode and I couldn't find it. So after much hunting, I have managed to find that audio. So here is a little extra, Danny Minogue talking about Dami M and X Factor. With all of the years of stuff that I'd done, that's why they'd brought me onto X Factor and it was like, it's for all of the years, it's the body of work, it's the ups, the downs, and dealing with everything that not only goes right, but what goes wrong. And it's such a joy to be able to do that. And especially when you click with someone as well, and I think everybody could see when I was mentoring Dami that yes. there was something special there. With Dami, you didn't pick her first, did you? you she was sort of, she came in because someone brought out, is that right? Yeah, yeah, she wasn't picked in the final 12 where all judges have to be, you know, agreeing on who's going through in the top 12. Mm. And they knew that I always liked her. So I don't know, it was like the the stars aligned. Align. Um, so there was one guy in my group that were coming to judges' homes, we were flying to New York, and he was, you know, having second thoughts about what he wanted to do. And my view was this career is so consuming and it's, you know, can make your head spin backwards. You have to absolutely want it, love it, and be prepared to take every punch that is rolled at you. You can't go half-assed. You can't just go, I think I want to do it. He yeah. had an incredible voice, like traffic stopping, and uh, so everybody wanted him to go through. But for me, it's the voice, it's the personality, it's the magic, it's what shines on stage. And for me, I'd said from the beginning, he doesn't have it. He doesn't mm. have it. Or I just don't see what everyone else sees. So in the end, it was like it was getting down to the why. We needed visas to go. And he was still umming and ahhing. And I said to the producers, I don't get it. I don't even get it. There's a lot of good voices around. Don't fight for somebody who's not willing to fight for themselves. And they said, but well, who would put in um, his place? And I said, 100% right now without one hesitation, Dami, you've got to call her. She's the one. And, and it's, it was just amazing. It was so clear to me at that time. And I would never have had that opportunity to choose her because, as I said, you know, when we choose the final 12, it's all four judges and they have to take a mix of what everyone thinks. And then I suddenly, you know, 
the stars aligned and this space opened up where I got to call a shot and it was Dami and I guess her stars aligned where it was meant to happen, whether it was going to happen with me choosing her at X Factor. I think it was going to happen somewhere at some time, but it was so nice that that did happen. And, and from there it just rolled. I just adored her and I guess I was so invested in, in it working and she was so invested in it working. She was just like, I know I've got to make this happen. And I, and I think that that can be true of a lot of people who not only come from other countries to Australia and she was saying she had a lot of difficulty in school fitting in and she didn't speak English yet and um, she got picked on because of the way she looked and there were a lot of things that things that she was battling but I find people like that who want it they'll overcome all of that and they'll step on it and use it as a stepping block to get where they're going and, and that is great energy to work with. Because that was a dream team, you and Dami on X Factor. And when the live show started and you've done all these amazing performances, it was like a, a blank canvas. There was Dami, there was you as the judge mentor, a lot of experience, and Dami, who didn't really know much, didn't really know what she was doing. But I'm here to help you, let's do this together. And it was such a great ride. Not only did she want to learn, but she was absolutely so Dedicated. quick at picking it up and yeah. a perfectionist. So she would rehearse and rehearse to the point where I would tell her just you need to also rest and uh, this is the continual conversation even before she went to Eurovision and since coming back I'm like okay there's some points where you just got to pull in the balance you just have to do it don't leave me this way this was funny because she you know was so out of her comfort zone doing disco music and I felt like you know that's what I've grown up loving and listening to and Gary Pinto, who does helps all the kids with vocals on the show, he is unbelievably talented, and this kind of vocal is so hard to do, and he is a master at it. So every syllable we broke it down to how to say tsh, it's it's different in disco music. You got to really tsh, you got you got to get it out. You can't yeah. be lazy on anything, and literally we just you know worked and worked and worked on this song, and it took probably the longest time but it was it was well worth it up at 5am to watch her on Eurovision. Oh, I was. You know, I was so proud of her. I've, I interviewed her the week she won the competition. Such a lovely person. We've met a few times on the red carpet before, so on the, at the hours in Sydney. But such a lovely person, beautiful, mm. and a really nice spirit. And she's, yeah, she did us proud in Sweden, honestly. She it's just, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And she nailed it. She was, I mean, she got top. She was like second she should have won but second in the whole of yeah i just get it was you must be so proud of here watching that poem i am and i, and I kind of felt probably... guilty because i was reading everything <laughs> on social media and you know a lot of people were saying well why 
is Australia in Eurovision, like the name gives away Eurovision, but, you know, they're making the rules over there. We, we got invited in, and, and you've got to send your strongest person. Uh, so Dami was it. And I felt so uh, not only proud, but in safe hands. I thought, she ain't going to muck this up. She never does. <laughs> Dami and Dami on X Factor, what a winning combination. No surprise that Dami won the competition back in 2013, and since then she has continued to have an amazing career. So I really hope you enjoyed that bonus episode this week of the Sound Museum. If you haven't checked out the Neon Nights episode, make sure you do on your favourite podcast provider. Also, make sure you follow the show on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. I love seeing all the comments, likes and love. Greatly appreciated. Now make sure you join me for next week's show because we are celebrating another classic album that is turning 20 years old next week. It's one of my favourite albums and judging from the sales of that album, most of you should have it. Stay tuned for my socials this weekend to find out who that is. But until next time, have a great week, take care, and I will see you really soon.